Hello and welcome to Daily Musings with J.P. Hummingbird, your host. Uh, Hope your Sunday morning is bright. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I haven't done this for quite some time, so I apologise in advance for the ring rust. Uh, I've had quite the the journey over the past three or four months, Uh, but everything is going very well, and yeah, life is very good, although this morning I did not feel that way when I woke up. Uh, Sometimes you just wake up and Yeah, your body, everything just doesn't feel right. So I've been in, I've been in emergency procedures all morning. Uh, I'm going to open, yeah, so for the next hour maybe, maybe less. Uh, I'm just going to see what comes up. So it will be eclectic, it will be... Trying to be unfiltered, which is not always easy. Uh, so you'll get a glimpse of how this uh, mind works, and it you may be your mind works in a similar way. Uh, and hopefully, something interesting comes out of it. I'm going to start with the. Uh, I'm going to start with Roberto Bolaño, who's my favourite author. And I've been, I've had a daily practice where I just read a chapter of his novel Antwerp, which I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before, but I love his quote on the front. <laughs> this is Roberto Balagno saying this, and this is the only sort of blurb on there, oh there's some on the back, but the one on the front is, the only novel that doesn't embarrass me is Antwerp. And that's classic Bolaño. If you ever read some of his criticisms of, or his critiques of different authors and stuff, he's he's, he's a electrically, electrifyingly scathing, <laughs> and rightly so because he is very brilliant. Uh, and you never quite know where you are with Bolaño. You don't know if you're in a dream. You don't know if it's happening or. It's a, it's, a, it's a shard of memory that's resurfacing or it's just layered with imagery and you're not quite sure where you are at any one time. Which, and I like that feeling. It feels like real life. Uh, but yeah, so this chapter's called The Sea 22. So this boat, this book is sort of half poetic, half novel half crime uh, detective novel half uh, literary exploration uh, it's kind of I don't know I think he likes it so much because he wrote it when he was young and uh, it's just pure pure. his pure like yeah it's mm, god I'm talking absolute 
pants, all right, or pony, as a, a scouser might say. It's called the sea. Photographs of the Castel de Fels beach. Photographs of the campground. The polluted sea. Mediterranean. October in Catalonia. Alone. The zenith's eye. They alternated. The straight line made me feel calm. And there's now there's there's some pictures here. I'll try and describe. One is a there's three rectangles, small rectangles on one side, and then a big rectangle on the other side. And the first small rectangle is a straight line. The second one is a cur- has curly lines, and the third one has jagged lines, sawtooth lines. And then in the big rectangle, you can see a little boat on the on the straight line. And then the boat like tilted on the wavy lines, and then on the jagged lines, sort of going down. It's going up on the curly lines, and then on the jagged line, there's a boat going down. The straight line made me feel calm. The wavy line made me feel... The wavy line made me uneasy. I sensed danger, but I liked the smoothness. Oh. And down. The last line was agitation. My penis hurt, my belly hurt, etc. And that is pretty much what my morning feels like, or what it has felt like. The jagged line, agitated, uh, yeah. It's such a nice feeling when you open a, <laughs> when you read something and it just reflects how you're feeling. Yeah, often you get it, oh, I felt that way in the past, but when you open a book and it's how you feel right now, that's really quite satisfying. If you've never read any Bolaño, I got our first encounter Bolaño when I was in uh, India, and I went on a Panchakarma retreat, which is a very interesting experience. It's you, you kind of you're with a, you're with an Ayurvedic doctor. And this place where I was, there was like a family. It was a family-run thing and very small and hidden away somewhere in Karnataka. I can't remember the name of the village right now, but it was... It's like... Uh, <laughs> kind of felt a bit like a mental institution. <laughs> institution. Some of the characters you meet. Uh, but I was there to just... I remember... I had real bad sinuses for most of my life. My sinuses were just, just this uh, abominable, uh, <laughs> abominable snowman. For some reason, that's come in my head, but they were just uh, constantly uh, agitated, swollen. Uh, could not rarely breathe properly through my nose, other than when I was exercising really hard. Maybe that's why I got addicted to exercising and training and doing circuit classes, but they were the times when I actually felt I could breathe. 
I think that's how I first, yeah, noticed the breath, you know. At night time, I was often just not breathing properly. Uh, and then, yeah, I found out about this place because I met this Ayurvedic doctor in, in, on the other coast, further south, in Tamil Nadu. And he was uh, an American guy. Very, very interesting character who sort of lived in the south in the, in the winter and delivered these little Ayurvedic courses and he was so passionate and, and it kind of got me inspired and yeah, he gave me this, kind of empowered me with this idea that you can fix, you can fix yourself with most of the time just by adjusting your diet and your lifestyle and and your and just finding environments that suit your body type your constitution if that's the right word so yeah he always uh, would escape to the north in the summer because if he stays in the south with the heat and his constitution was, was like pitavata which is air and fire and that's not the best place to be. You need a cooler climate to counter the fire, you know. And which is the same. My constitution is the same. Pitta vata. Yeah, so fire and air, obviously it burns quite hard, doesn't it? So you need to counter it with the... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I won't go too much into it, but I, I thoroughly engage with the idea uh, this this idea of uh, not, you know, there's no one panacea. You need to adapt to your body type. And he uh, he promoted this idea of fasting. And I've done different types of fasting in the past, and it's something. But when I was younger, I was I was very good at fasting. And I don't know what maybe it's just the The intensity of... Because uh, <laughs> obviously, phases of your life, there's more are also... will affect your constitution. Oh, God, I didn't expect to go down this rabbit hole. Right, let's get back to the story at hand. So, he recommended this place anyway. And I, met, and I went to this place and... Uh, yeah, it was like a... Very, you had to just be very calm and settled and just simple, lead, very simple sort of, they didn't encourage me to do lots of exercise and stuff. It was because I was doing this process where you drink, <laughs> you drink ghee every day, which is like clarified butter. And you build up, you, you, you like build it up in your system and you saturate the cells and, uh, and then at some point you flush it out. So... You don't want lots of movement and energy and exercise. So I was leading this very sort of sedate lifestyle. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, playing playing guitar, reading. Uh, and just very peaceful shanty, as they say in India. And then flush out the system... And you know, I was getting bathed every morning in oils and, and milk and, 
very <laughs> quite exotic really uh, I can't remember how much it cost still only maybe 10 pounds a day which for me was a lot <laughs> when I was traveling them times because <laughs> I was trying to budget or was it I can't remember now no it must have been more than that I don't know why I brought price into this. <laughs> so, maybe I didn't want it to sound, uh, I'm still trying to hold on to my working class roots. <laughs> but I'd say I, I've definitely entered the middle class. Uh, <clears throat> all right, sorry. Onward. Yeah, and I did this process. And, and then over the next three to six months, maybe, I just, there was this very real improvement. And I could breathe through my nose. And it was, it was revelatory. I mean, it's such an amazing feeling. And... Uh, And then I remember picking up books about, what was it, uh, I read this book about reasserting your nasal breathing uh, through exercising and also at night time taping your mouth shut so you definitely breathe through your nose and yeah. And I have to say there's a definite before and after. Before that event was just a constant uh, cycle of rhinitis is what they call it, I guess, and sinusitis and, yeah. And after that, yeah, life-changing. And obviously there's lots of different factors, but, yeah, I feel like that Panchakarma retreat was a big turning point. And I'm really... Uh, I often forget about that event but it's actually made a massive impact on my life and I'm really grateful for it and that sort of lifestyle that I'm always uh, that basic peaceful lifestyle something I'm always craving but I found that without yeah, without routine, without work, maybe it's just that part of grown-up working class. That work. There's power in routine. There's, there's a freedom in routine for me. There has to be an element of that for me to, to, to enjoy the downtime, uh, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, but, and... Yeah... Let's read a haiku of Basho. This is from Basho, On Love and Bali. Number 20. How terrible the pheasants call snake eater. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Look great. So, 
this morning I was, I wanted a podcast. I put it up. I wanted a podcast. I haven't done it in a long time and I just, I'd lost my voice. Not literally, not physically, but I don't know. It was just, I lost my voice. I'll leave it at that. And uh, today I woke up, I tend to wake up Zen early now, <laughs> like three, four in the morning. And uh, yeah, it was getting problematic, but I've just decided now that I just go to bed ridiculously early. So when I do wake up in the early hours, I'm kind of functional. And I have a really, yeah, I love being awake in the early hours. I love being able to sit sit looking out into the night sky and the dawn with the dawn emerging and and I play my guitar and read and usually in the morning just poetry and I'll try and uh, compose something and yeah there's just been songs have been emerging again I'm not sure if I'll play anything today uh, I've been trying to write in a sort of bit by bit just chipping away each day and refining the words rather than just quickly creating it and, and singing it uh, I decided to try and refine some of the lyrics and, and see what happens over over an extended period of time although today I, ha I just created something and I'm, I think I'll try and read it uh, so yeah today I woke up crazy early as always probably half 12, one in the morning and I was trying to sleep again and I was, I don't know, for some reason my poor body which works 24 hours a day and it's, and it's been recovering from multiple operations and COVID and uh, lots of arduous challenges and it's been doing an amazing job and I'm super grateful and Yesterday I tried, I think, yeah, this, this end, of, end of the week I tried to push it a bit, see what I could get out, get out of, uh, see what, so I played football on Friday with my work friends indoors, which is some, one of the most fun things an Englishman can do. Uh, and then the day after I sort of, I was out and about because it's blissfully, clear and bright and sunny at the moment which is not a, which is yeah take advantage of it and I ended up back up back at my workplace I used the so I went up and used the gym did a bit of cycling and and then did some yoga and I felt like I was just like yes I felt amazing <laughs> I was getting that feel those feeling back when you've everything's in tune and then towards the end of the night I could start to feel it <laughs> and last night I don't know I don't think my for some reason everything was sort of out of whack and I could really feel it today so I woke up I managed to get some sleep back up at four coffee nettle tea made some porridge with apple and 
berries, blueberries, uh, and more coffee and trying to <laughs> clear my head, but it just wasn't happening. Uh, so I went to extra emergency. <laughs> so I was, and I, uh, I got on my little scooter and, and rode down the canals to McDonald's because I like to sit in there and drink a black coffee and look out because the windows are so open so I'll find a little corner and sit and drink black coffee and that's the golden time when I, I'm trying to make it a habit to sit and look at, look at my phone for, a, for an hour because I've just yeah I've I've used it, I've grayscaled my screen and I rarely look at my phone now. I was listening to the Wolf and Owl podcast, which is probably the funniest podcast out there at the minute. Uh, two, two comedians from the UK just ridiculing each other in a really loving way. It's such a beautiful podcast. And they were shocked at how much they, they looked at their screen time and they were really shocked at how much screen time and someone wrote in saying oh, I'll try this grayscale and and I, I did this I thought yeah I'll try it and I think my screen time has dropped by 80% maybe 85% and it's definitely a, a lot more pleasant to pick it up you don't get distracted by the colours and the little red dots and the, it's, it's, it's really interesting and <clears throat> yeah so today I'm sat there I was so reeling, I was tempted to get a breakfast. <laughs> and as I was at the screen looking at the, <clears throat> ordered a coffee and then I thought, oh, shall I have it? something? And then I looked and I saw these grizzled breakfast baps. And luckily the price was just too much. <laughs> Not a lot too much, but just too much just to appeal to my, my, uh, fiscal sensibilities uh, yeah I, I'm yeah I can be notoriously tight and uh, sometimes that pays off <laughs> sometimes that's a good thing <clears throat> yeah so yeah sitting there and uh, I composed this uh, actually let's I said, let's see if this works. I did it on my phone. I recorded a version while I was in there. And I think that might be more appropriate to play because it's actually, you get the noise of the place. Which one? It's 59. Let's have a look. Let's see if this works. I'll play it on my phone. Clear blue skies above a modern shiny MOT centre opposite the 24 hour McDonald's V-E-I-R-P-L raised letters that used to sell something how did the missing letters form? a faded memory resurfaces of school kids taking pot shots with a football it's a fresh marketing push in a god awful school in a once salubrious region of Birmingham Inside, there's a strong smell of coffee and regret. Two drunk youths left over from the night before, a 
desperately trying to insert the next sentence amid staccato bursts of laughter to ensure everyone present knows that they're having a great time. And yet the sky is clear and blue. The sky is clear and seemingly blue. <laughs> I hope that doesn't just sound like chaos, but I guess it was chaotic. And uh, at first I was like, oh, shit, you know. Normally it's super, there's no one in there. So it's just me and a cup of coffee and, and the sky. Uh, but yeah, it was just... Uh, listening to that, it sounds super rowdy. But I must have found some focus within that to write that. So, And... Uh, very enjoyable very enjoyable it's definitely changed the the uh, the tone of my day which started quite bleak and now feels like something some of the dots might get linked up and something good or some things good will happen Right. I wrote something down the other day, podcast musings jump off. So I was thinking, I was trying to build towards doing it. Let's see. I might go back to that and and see what comes up. It says here, read romance novel in Antwerp. So let's do that if I can find it. Because Antwerp's handy. Uh, It's here. Romance novel. It's one of the chapters. When I first picked this book up, I thought they were just—I thought it was a book of poetry because I've—I've I've read his. I love his books of poetry. So I was just reading, skipping chapters, me. But it's, there's a narrative that goes through it, within the dreams and the and the, and the sort of just images and different angles and different uh, ways of approaching the stories. It's a romance novel. This is number 19, chapter 19. I was silent for a moment, and then I asked whether he really thought Roberto Bolaño had helped the hunchback, just because years ago he was in love with a Mexican girl, and the hunchback was Mexican too. Yes, said the guitarist. It sounds like a cheap romance novel, but I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, in those days, Bolaño wasn't overflowing with solidarity or desperation. Two good reasons to help the Mexican. But nostalgia, on the other hand. (laughs) It's just... (laughs) So... uh, It's kind of like a confession. I mean, yeah, it's just... uh, Everything's up for analysis, everything... Everything, uh, like they just wax his name in the middle. He has this theme about hunchback. It must be a Latin thing. But uh, yeah, I've <laughs> that feeling. I know that feeling. 
whether he really thought Roberto Bolaño had helped the hunchback just because years ago he was in love with a Mexican girl and the hunchback was Mexican too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why I enjoyed that line. Uh, yeah, so I was just sort of thinking, why do we do what we do, you know? And... Uh, How much conscious control do we really have? Uh, and I was listening to uh, Lex Friedman interviewing this British scientist called Lee Cronin, who's a, who's a chemist. And I sort what I found now is to listen, if I'm listening to Lex Friedman's podcast, because they're so long, I sort of, if I'm in that, when I'm in my morning, sort of waking up too early, trying to go back to sleep mode and... I put on one of his podcasts and it sort of drifts in and out. It feels like I'm in a Bologna novel because I'm just sort of... I don't know what happened and whether I dreamt it or whether I heard it. Uh, and then it, it combined with all the dreams that are going on. And uh, visceral dreams, yeah. <laughs> visceral realists. That's a shout-out to Tom Peel. Uh He's been reading Savage Detectives, which is, which is arguably Bolaño's magnum opus. It's certainly my favourite. I'm halfway through his other potential magnum opus, which is 2666, which is... There's some really brilliant writing, but it, and it, it's just an epic. I'm halfway through. I've kind of, you know, when you stall and I've lost track of where I am and I don't know how to reinsert myself back into that story. Uh, I tend to read lots of books at the same time, especially in the morning I like my poetry and in the, in the evening maybe just some, sometimes I just like a bit of sci-fi or shorter novels, you know. And then when I've got clarity, I'll, 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 I'll jump back into 2666. But it is uh, just an epic, epic novel. He was going to release it as four different books to be sort of published after he died because he was concerned about his children, you know, leaving something behind for them. He died when he was 50, living in Barcelona, uh, or at least Spain somewhere, after leaving Chile, born in Chile, fled to Mexico City to, to escape General Pinochet, and then eventually found his way to... Uh, Spain. Yeah, just, yeah, interesting immigrant story and just a brilliant, brilliant author. Uh, where was I? So, yeah, Lee Cronin. What was his idea? He just, I like his idea about, he was talking about, they were talking about free will at one point. Or I dreamt it, I'm not sure. But I liked his idea that, yeah, he says, we do have free will. However, it's a blend of conscious and unconscious thought processes. Obviously, we can ration, 
we can rationale with the conscious process, but the unconscious process, yeah, what can, we can't really, we don't know how that emerged. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. It's interesting. Because, I, yeah, I like this iceberg theory about consciousness, you know. The tip of it is our, what we can manage with our, yeah, he refers to it as working memory, you know. How much, we've only got so much working memory. And depending on the person, I mean, for mine, it's very, it's quite limited. I'm pretty sure. I have to farm it up, most of it out to my, like, reminders list or notes or, you know, pat, pads of notes everywhere. And then you've got all these other processes underneath deep going on. Uh, so you've got your subconscious, which is, like, the belly of the iceberg and then underneath that is that deep deep like old ice which is your unconscious thought processes so there's another layer underneath and yeah I don't know if you've ever had if you ever get the opportunity to work with a skilled therapist who can who can sort of plunge into those depths then take it with both hands it's a very rewarding, interesting and profound experience. <coughs> Which I've been lucky enough at points to have had. Uh, and then I've written down a poem by Federico Garcia Loja. How do you say that? Federico Garcia Loja. Is that right? Who am I talking to? Any, any Spanish listeners out there? Each song is a tide pool of love. Each day star a tide pool of time. A knot of time. And each sigh a tide pool of a cry. And that's tide... That's called tide pool. Hmm. What did I hear the other day? Love is the key. Love is the secret. Just love what you do. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I've heard that from, I don't know. Okay, I think I'm losing my way. Uh, yeah, the world is blue and clear today. Blue and clear. Shall I try and sing a song to finish this off? Uh, I feel like I've run out of ideas. <laughs> so, sorry if this makes a noise. I'm going to move the microphone. And maybe sing a song.
sitting on a fishing boat in Gokana Consumed by the crashing waves On an island of hope I'm the soul she saves Waiting for her love Among the boats there's lights and laughter The ancient stars above Gently composing the silence The one the gods speak of Waiting for her love Right. 